Welcome to the Rethinking Christianity podcast, a home to conversations focused on rethinking, challenging, and engaging with Christian thought. You can visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Rethinking Christianity Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Fine, and thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Hope you are doing well. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I want to go ahead and apologize for the audio quality of the episode. It is a sermon that I did um, a year ago, and the audio on it isn't great, but I've tried my best to kind of fix it where you can at least um, hear what I'm saying and understand what I'm saying. So I apologize for that. And yeah, so it's a sermon, so it's a little different than our normal episodes where I'm like doing an interview or I'm, uh, you know, sitting down and just talking about some ideas that I have. But what I wanted to do, you know, I have a bunch of sermons that I've done in the past and I wanted to upload one uh, this week just to kind of like take a little break from, you know, putting out content that is an interview and me talking. And this uh, sermon was one I did of July last year on the idea of lamenting and lamentations. And it is interesting to think about because um, it's not something that really gets talked about and it's not something that I think we look at as maybe like a spiritual discipline. But lamenting, I think, is a really vital part of reflecting on our own lives, reflecting on the lives around us, reflecting on the things going on around us. And the point that I make in this message um, is as we lament, as we wrestle with chaos and brokenness and things that are hurting us and others, um, that we bring those to God and then we reflect on what can we do about it. You know, because a part of, you know, the Christian life and following Jesus is this idea of like, participating in redemption by participating in the kingdom of God and living out what Jesus has called us to do. And lamenting is one of those things that brings us to a place of, I think, recognizing where we can do that, where we can participate in that. And so I think that um, lamenting is very important. And, you know, I hope that this sermon uh, is helpful. Uh, You know, it's something I did a year ago, so my thoughts on some of this might be a little different now. But overall, I think the idea here is good. And again, I apologize for the audio quality, but I hope that um, this sermon on lamenting is helpful uh, and you find some value in it. So thanks again for tuning in to Rethinking Christianity. If you have any comments or critiques, hit us up on Instagram. Also follow us on Instagram. Um, That way you can keep up to date with everything that we're doing. We also have a newsletter that you can subscribe to, um, and that is uh, in the link in the bio of our Instagram. Um, So again, thanks for tuning in. And here is the sermon that I did from about a year ago on lamenting. Y'all doing good? Y'all look good. So this morning, um, we all come from different places in life, and uh, we all come from different like things that we're going through. Uh, and so what we're going to kind of look at this morning, uh, I think is something that we all kind of deal with. And as we've, we're, we're going through the Bible, uh, and over the last couple of weeks, you know, we've, we've been going through Job, we've gone through uh, Ecclesiastes, and we've gone through like the Proverbs, and we've gone through Psalms, and all of these books I really love because they all kind of deal with like real human emotion. Do, do y'all relate to sometimes when you like read the Bible, there are certain parts where you're like, I really don't get this, I don't relate to this at all. Like, do any of y'all feel that? Are y'all all great? Okay, so like for me, when I read it, like there are a lot of times where I'll read the Bible and I'm like, I have no idea, this doesn't relate to me in any way. But these portions of the scriptures, like Ecclesiastes, uh, and Lamentations, which we're going to look at today, I read those, and I'm like, okay, I can kind of get behind this. I relate to some of these words. Like, I feel these things at times. So, what I want to do today is we're going to look at Lamentations, but before we kind of get to that, uh, I want to talk about chaos. How many of you would, like, agree 
that life is kind of chaotic at times. Like, would you all agree with this statement? Life is chaotic. Y'all all agree with that? Okay. So as I was thinking about this, I was trying to think, like, how, and I just Googled it. I didn't come up with this definition, but, like, how is chaos uh, defined? Chaos is defined as complete disorder and confusion. How many of you feel like your life feels like that sometimes? Complete disorder and confusion. What's well, ironic? A lot of you old kids are raising your hands. No, I'm just playing. So, so it feels like that at times. And I think that this can be defined for, like, life in general, like, just life, everyday life. But I think it also can be defined, like, defined, like, when there are situations that happen and it seems chaotic. When things we see happen that are not right seem chaotic. So like when there is disorder, when, when bad things happen, it's chaotic. When like things that don't make sense happen, it's chaotic. When we see like injustice in the world around us, it seems chaotic because it's confusing, confusing and it's disorderly. See, for me, like, when I think about, like, if I were God, if I were running the world, right, I would try and make sure everything is how it needed to be, right? How many of you would say, like, why, you ask the question, like, why are things the way that they are? And I ask that question a lot. And I think we will all embrace moments of chaos and suffering, right? So we will all embrace those moments. Like, we'll, we'll have those moments where, like, we come face to face with those situations and those questions where we ask, why is it like that? Or why is this happening to me? Or we will observe moments of chaos and suffering. Uh, and so, like, if you have, I want to ask a question, and, and I'm going to kind of try and ask questions for you to think about this morning. Uh, and questions for you to kind of, like, wrestle with. Because I think it's important for us, as we follow Jesus, to think about how we respond to that statement that we all agreed with. Like, life is chaotic. And in the midst of that chaos, there are things that don't make sense. There are things that a lot of times kind of hurt and there are things that we see that hurt, and there are, there are things that we go through and we deal with that are not fun. And there is a way to respond to those things. And if you have already embraced these moments, what was your response? Like moments of chaos, just like it can be like hardship or uh, health issues or just things you see out in the world. Uh, like anytime I get on social media, I feel like I see the chaos of the world, right? So how did you respond? Think about for a moment, like what was your initial like gut response? Right? So I'm going to tell a story from when, from when I was kind of growing up. So when I was growing up, um, I grew up kind of middle class, and things were pretty, like, comfortable for me. Uh, and around 10th grade, I started playing uh, football, and I was a linebacker. I'm just kidding. I played kicker. So I was the kicker for the football team. And so when I joined this football team, I went to school um, with a, a very diverse group of people. So, like, our school was, like, we had a lot of Hispanics. We had uh, African Americans. We had whites. Uh, but for me, up until that point, most of the people that I was around outside of, like, school were, like, people that looked like me, people that were in the same social class as me, people that were, like, living the same kind of lives as I did growing up my whole life. And when I got on the football team, uh, I began to, like, be around, like, guys that were completely different than me. Like, and, and this was because, like, the, the way in which they grew up. So in my town in Cordell, Georgia, there is a railroad track right through the middle of the town. And if you go over to the other side of the railroad track, uh, that's the, the other side of town, and that's what, people, that's what people would say. And this other side of town was a higher population of uh, African Americans, and it was a higher population of poverty. Uh, and before I started playing football, I didn't really engage with that side of town. Uh, and so for me, my viewpoint of life was like one way. I only viewed life in one kind of way. And so I started playing like football, and, and what would happen is once I got 
uh, car and I was able to drive, my teammates would say, hey, Blake, can you give us a ride home? We don't want to ride the bus. It takes forever to get home from practice. And I was like, sure, whatever. And so I began taking some of these guys home. And what I began to realize as I would take these guys home, I would pull up to these little small houses and I would begin to think like, you have like six brothers and sisters. Like, are y'all all living there? And I began to realize more and more like, oh, people aren't living like I'm living. Like people on this other side of town are living like in poverty and in hardship and in situations. They were around things that like guys like when we were in high school shouldn't have been around. Like, and so I'm, I made pretty good friends with one of, uh, one of these guys. And he would like even after he graduated, he'd hit me up and ask for rides because he didn't have a car. And I would take him different places. And I remember one time I took him to go get his hair cut. And he got his hair cut uh, by this random guy in this, this rundown house on, on the other side of town. And I remember going into this house, and, like, there was, like, no furniture. It was just, like, two bedrooms, and there was, like, a mattress on the floor, and he had a barbershop chair in, like, in his living room. And, like, the, the, the more I engaged with, like, these kind of situations, when I would go to the other side of town, I began to, like, there was this very uncomfortable feeling that I would get. And it was because I began to think, like, it shouldn't be like this. Like, life shouldn't be this way. Like, this seems unjust to me. Why are these people, like, so poor? Why are these people living like this? Why are things, why don't they have the comfortability that I have? Why have I been given comfortability? And so I embraced a moment of, like, the chaos of life, which resulted in, for some people, poverty. And my, these were my, like, sometimes my responses. Like, it sometimes angers me. Sometimes I do that out of empathy. It makes me sad. There's grief. There's anxiety, there's disappointment, there's fear, there's loneliness. There's all these different, I think, normal responses to things that we see that do not seem right. Like how many of you can relate? Maybe you've seen something out in the world, like whether it be like poverty or injustice or whatever, and you immediately have that response to like, I wish I could do something about that, right? And so that is what we're kind of getting at this morning. And the question that I want to ask is, is there a right or wrong way to respond to the suffering or the injustice of the world around us? Is there a right or wrong way to respond to this? And the book of Lamentations uh, is about a response to hardship. The book of Lamentations is about this response to hardship. And Lamentations is a really interesting book. It's a collection of Hebrew poems that focus on the grief, the pain, and suffering that come out of living in Jerusalem after Babylon eventually captured, plundered, and destroyed it. So what has happened in the Old Testament up to this point is that God's people have been disobedient. God allows the consequences of their disobedience to take place, which eventually what we see in 2 Kings 24.10, it says at the time of... At the time, the officers of Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon, advanced on Jerusalem and laid siege to it. And what we find in Lamentations is we find a response to all of this stuff that's going on. And to give kind of a visual, like this is like we read these stories in the Bible, and it's very easy for us to be disconnected from like the humanity and the things that are going on in these stories. But what goes on in the story of Israel being sieged by Babylon is death, hardship, famine, and the people that are writing in Lamentations are crying out to God, asking the question of why. Why is life chaotic? Why are things happening? Have you abandoned us, God? And to give you kind of a visual, like, we can kind of see this is what, I'm sure it looked probably a lot worse than this, but they destroy the temple. They take the things from the temple. They destroy everything that Israel has built at this point. Everything that God has promised them through their covenant with him, they have taken. And Babylon has taken Israel. 
And what Lamentations reveals is experiences of warfare, siege, famine, and death. And so what we find in Lamentations are these words of people that are wrestling and dealing with that, that question of like, is there a right way to respond to the suffering that I'm going through and the suffering that I see around me? And when we like deal with this, when we read these words, I think these words can speak to us today because I think like for me, when I saw like the other side of town for me, right? Like when I would begin, I, I eventually I found Christ and I began to follow Jesus. I began to like, Pray to God, like what? Like I would go to God with honesty. We're gonna we're gonna get to that. So let's look at Lamentations, uh, Lamentations chapter three. And an interesting fact about uh, Lamentations. This has not got nothing to do with the sermon, but it's just cool to me. So Lamentations. Did any of y'all ever do acrostics in in literature? Right? Anyone do acrostics? Do y'all know what those are? Nobody. Okay. So in Lamentations, every single chapter uh, corresponds the first line of every single verse. It starts with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it's just an acrostic. It's a poem. And so it's beautifully done, and it's very intentional because these words are coming from a place of emotion and intentionality to God. So, Lamentations 3, 1 through 6. If you're ever on Jeopardy, maybe that'll come up. So, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again, all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship, and he has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. Real encouraging words for you this morning, right? So these words are coming from a place of a troubled heart, right? They're coming from a place where, like, they don't know what to do. They've seen everything that's going on. Chapters 1 of Lamentations kind of gives you an outline of all the destruction that's going on. There's all this, like, illustrations and poetry that d- describe, like, how Babylon has come in and destroyed everything. And then what we see is in chapter 3, there is this anonymous author, a man that speaks about how he feels, how his heart is responding. And he's asking questions to God, and he's describing how he is dealing with it. And let's look at these words again. I just want us to, like, really, like, look at, like... This is pure honesty, and I think it's healthy for us to read the Bible and see the honesty of the people that are dealing and wrestling with God because I think it's so important for us as we in our spiritual life are honest with God and go to God with who we are, not who we may be pretending to be, but going to Him with full honesty. He says, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He's saying, God, you're the one doing this. You're the one that's causing this wrath. God, you have, you have driven me away and you've made me walk in darkness rather than light. That there is no light in my life right now. All I see is darkness. All I see is hardship. All I see is pain. And I don't understand. Indeed, he says, God, he has turned his hand against me. Not just once, but again and again. God, you keep doing this to me all day long. And these verses speak like from a troubled heart, a place of hardship, and in Lamentations, we see this, this honesty. And we see this like outpouring and this outcrying, this, like, hard, these hard emotions and these feelings. We see in Lamentations 3, later on in, in chapter 3, same chapter, Lamentations 3.17, I have been deprived of peace. Have any of you ever felt that way? I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity, I have forgotten what happiness is. 
I don't understand anything. And so what he's dealing with is things that I think we all deal with, we wrestle with. We all have come to places where we have either dealt with like injustice and suffering and pain up front to, in our own personal lives or we see it in the world around us just like this author has, he has dealt with it personally where his land has been destroyed, his, where he lived has been destroyed and he's seeing the suffering around him. And for him there's no hope, for him there is no like peace and he doesn't know what to do. And have you ever felt like these same emotions? Like, have you ever had places in your life where you have felt these emotions where I feel deprived of peace? I've forgotten what happiness is. And if you haven't, and I, Lord, I hope you, you don't have to, but more often than not, like in life, you will deal with those emotions, those feelings, as though God was against your life. And I, I've had those moments. When I was 16 years old, my parents got divorced. My dad was uh, addicted to like, all kinds of drugs. He was an alcoholic. I saw things that I should not have been seeing. I was around certain types of people that I should not have been around. And I remember like continually feeling these emotions inside of me and I was always pushing them down. And I felt like I was so angry with God. I was like, God, what? you know, people tell me that you're a loving father. The only kind of father I know is one that's doing horrible stuff. And so I've dealt, like I personally have dealt with these things. And when we go through these moments, I think it's important for us to embrace how we feel. We should embrace how we feel. Just like that's the author in Lamentations says, we should embrace how we feel because I think it's so important to our spiritual formation and our spiritual life as we follow Jesus. In response, we should go before God from a place of honesty. There is a place in our prayer like for protest, for questions, and even anger. Like in Lamentations, we see like they're not happy. They're dealing with things. They're wrestling with things. When you pray, when you go before God, when you are dealing with your own suffering and you see the suffering of others. Like for me, like when I went to the other side of town and I saw like my friends that were like living in poverty and things that didn't make sense to me, as I became a Christian, I began to go before God and say, why is this like this? What can I do about it? Why, why don't you fix this? And I think that's how we ought to, to pray, in honesty. And Henry Nowant says this, dare to feel your losses, dare to grieve them, Name the pain and say, yes, I feel real pain, real fear, real loss. And I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to deal with it up front. I think that's important. I think we need to do that. In the journey of faith, we must take time to lament. In our journey of faith, we should not be people that push down our emotions. We should not be people that avoid like, the pain and the suffering. We should, people that, should be people that see it and it does something to us. That it draws up empathy, whether it be for other people or dealing with the pain that we personally are going to. But the question that we have to ask is that, where do we move towards as we lament, as we're feeling these things? Where, where do we go from there? And I think it's a place of remembrance in our grief. There is a time for grief, and there is a time to like deal with that pain, and deal with that hardship, and deal with that suffering. There's also, for us as followers of Jesus, a time to remember why we have hope in the midst of that, right? There, there's a time for us to remember it. And what's beautiful about Lamentations is we see this, like, guy that's coming to God with everything that he's got. And then out of nowhere, we see the only words of hope in Lamentations. They're the only words of hope. And it goes like this. Lamentations 3, 21 through 26. And it's almost like out of nowhere, he goes, wait a second. Yet I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love for me, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. 
and they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, I say to myself. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. And the Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him. To the one who seeks Him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. One of the most interesting things I see in this situ- this, these verses is, does he ask for the circumstances to change? He doesn't ask for, like, I need you to change what's going on. What does he say? He said, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. And the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. And the Lord is good to those who hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. His hope is not in circumstances. His hope is not in that life would change, but his hope is simply in his faith to God himself. And the author of Lamentations calls to mind the great love of God. And in the, the Hebrew, he uses a word called hesed. And it's a love like comes from commitment. It's a love that's based on commitment. He knows that his God, even in the midst of this, is committed to him, committed to his people. And we see the same thing for us as followers of Jesus, that if we believe in the covenant of Jesus, right, that we have been invited to follow him and we have been saved by him, that we have the same hope. In the midst of our grief and lament, can we make room to remember the love of God? In the, in the midst of it, in the very middle of it, and that's what, in Lamentations 3, right in the very middle of all this, this hardship and pain that he's like releasing to God, he remembers, I call to mind why I have hope. And this is what I think we should do. I'm trying to be practical. There are two things that I think we should do. We should lament in honesty as we observe the world around us. I think when you go and you pray, when you, this week, when, if you take time to pray, honestly, go before God. Like, you don't have to be well-behaved when you pray. You can go before God. He, he already knows what you're thinking anyways. So you might as well reveal it to Him. And we should remember God's commitment to redemption as we lament. God is committed to redeeming our world. And he's already done it. We are simply invited into participating in that. And that's what Jesus invites us into. He invites us into the kingdom of God right here today to participate in that. As we lament, let us remember how Jesus entered into the sufferings of the world. Jesus entered into this world as it was. Right? He came. He lived as a human. And he, what did he do? He head-on dealt with like people that were sick, people that were broken, people that were hurting, and he was with them. And he entered into this world, and he healed their temporary issues and things like that. But what we find eventually is that Jesus, he laments himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. He goes before God, and he prays, and he's like, I don't know if I can do this, but if your will be done, do it. And when he's on the cross, he's got God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? And Jesus, like, he is a part of this great redemption for us today, that as we're living and as we're seeking him and as we're following him, that we see those things, like for me, when I saw like that other side of town, right, like I was called to like love those people. I was called, I'm called to be there for those people. I'm called to do something. If I can do something about that, do something. There's so many great things that we can do in this community to like embrace the injustice around us and bring about like the redemption of Christ because we have been redeemed, right? And so How can Jesus' resurrection change our perspective on the state of the world? We don't have to live in hopelessness, right? We don't have to live, like, in this midst of just, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I have no hope. 
for, for the person writing in Lamentations, he writes those verses and he writes those statements and he writes these things coming from a place where, that I think we all can relate to. And the question that I think we have to ask ourselves is, what am I, how am I going to respond as we lament, right? How am I going to respond as I lament and deal with like, these emotions and these things? For those of you this morning that are dealing with like, things in your life, are you going to God in, like, in honesty? Are you going to God with like, what you're truly wrestling with? Are you being honest with Him? Are you telling Him how maybe you're angry with Him? Are you telling Him how I don't really like the way the world is around me? How are you responding? Are you going in honesty? And then when you see the injustice in the world around you that maybe draws up those like, emotions and those things that make you ask the question of like, why are things this way? We are invited by Jesus to do something about those things. We are called to, to give to the people that are hurting. We're called to walk alongside the people that are broken. Galatians 6 2 is, literally tells us like, to carry the burdens of those that are with us. And for us, like as followers of Jesus, this is what we're called to do. We're called to, one, recognize and observe and deal with suffering and lament about it. Be honest with God as we pray and wrestle with that. But then also do something. We are called to participate in the kingdom today. And so this week, when you deal with the suffering, when you pray, when you like, go before God, will you go in honesty? And will you do something about the suffering and the hardships that you see around you? Or will we simply stand by? Thanks for listening to Rethinking Christianity. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Rethinking Christianity, you can follow us on Instagram at Rethinking Christianity Podcast, as well as on YouTube and Facebook. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.